NHR the podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of NHR the podcast. Pat, we had uh, quite the week around the NEI. Uh, not only did we get uh, that number one Shawnee State versus number two St. Francis matchup uh, that we talked about out in the Bebo Francis uh, championship game, um, but we also had we saw uh, Ottawa of Arizona go out and uh, knock off NCAA Division One uh, Denver. That's uh, back-to-back weeks. Yeah, two uh, weeks we've, in uh, a row. Yep, back-to-back weeks. So we've had a uh, men's team, actually, and we've actually had three now because if you count the Georgetown women, uh, we've had three NEIs knock off uh, Division One opponents in the last two weeks. Uh, so hopefully we'll keep that trend going. Um, but even if not, it's been a great uh, – Great uh, showing by all the NEI teams. I've knocked off several Division Twos as well along the way. Um, you know, I, I just put out the, the new top 25, and, and while there's not a lot of explanations on, on those, uh, several of those teams have knocked off. You know, it doesn't show in their, their overall record because there were exhibition games. Uh, but, you know, we, we have a lot of NEI teams that are going out, knocking off Division Ones, knocking off Division Twos. Um, and then you, you even have the NEI matchups uh, that we've been talking about. They've been so great. Um, all that combined, it made for, for one heck of a week. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it, and there certainly were some some awesome games and, and some even more impressive uh, individual showing. So I'm sure we'll get to that, but I'll I'll just start it off. You know, Junior, I, I play in a men's league, and, and I channel my inner Kamari Newman tonight, and maybe I didn't get 37 a game, but here I am. I, I'm trying. To, let's just say this: these NAIs are lucky. I don't have any more eligibility left. Yeah, Kamari Newman. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, I've seen some big time performances, uh, and we've, you know, you see the big time, you know, the big bigs around the NEI, you know, several of them with like big time double doubles of like 27 and 15 type things, but 19 of 30 from the three point line That's in two in, games. Incredible, are, incredible. That is impressive. Um, if he's not an NEI player of the year or player of the week, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's yeah, a lot of great take, performances. Right? Yeah. He, he's got yeah. a lot of competition. Don't get me wrong, but. And uh, my goodness, I, I actually uh, I, I, I felt bad because, uh, you know, uh, I, I think we talked about last week uh, that that William Penn uh, team was going to play in a classic or I, I thought they were playing in a classic. It ended up being t- two true uh, road yeah. games that they played at. And I didn't understand that. And then I also felt bad because uh, I actually got to the I actually started watching that William Penn Bethel game a little late because I had the, the Eastern time zone instead of the central time zone. Oh, yeah. So but yeah. uh, the announcer, the announcer is the one that kept uh, talking about, you know, his two day total, uh, Kamari Newman's t- two day total. And that's what uh, kind of got me going. But uh, yeah, pretty impressive performance from that young man. Um, you know, just going kind of off that theme a little bit. Um, you know, you, you talked about him last week, but Alex Gross was another big time uh, performance, uh, you know, and, and, and they're starting to open up CCAC play here. And I know you, you talked about a little bit about that last week too, but um you know, he made an early case for, for back-to-back uh, player of the year in, in the CCAC. Yeah, and, and the CCAC has always been a conference where there's the bigs have been like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he, he is 6'10", and every bit of 6'10". So he's going to continue to just wreak havoc in that league. And it'll be interesting. I, I think the CCAC is really going to end up, you know, kind of beating each other up. Um, and all of that really like the top of the class in that league. So. He's been great. All of that's been great. Um, he, of course, played William and Penn. They almost blew it late, but that team can score. That team can just go. They've got guys kind of like Newman who are just old. They're just old players who have played a bunch of minutes over the course of their career and have been really good. So I'll be interested to see 
kind of have IUSB and all of that duke it out down the stretch. Yeah, I, I like that IUSB team. I, I caught a, I caught most of that game as well. Um, you know, they there was chances. Wellington had chances to blow that game open. Um, they didn't. I thought a lot of fight. You know, Dylan Allen obviously has been been a He's great so player tough. there. Yeah. Um, and, and no discredit to him because uh, Alex Gross is so good. But uh, you know, he he'll be right there in the running as well. But uh, uh, yeah, those two teams. You know, from what I've seen from the CCAC, are are, are top of the as as expected. Um, you know, they're top tier in that in that league. Um, you know, I I don't know what other games you watch, but uh, I'll tell you a team out west. Uh, um, and and this is this goes back, and a lot of people maybe don't know this because. So the dynamics of the NEI, you know, last year was our first year division or as, as one division. Um, but you got a lot of teams that didn't get a play. You you had a lot of right. uh, things that didn't happen. And so, you know, I felt like a lot of the West Coast teams, because they were they were fighting to get schedules or games on the schedule. I mean, they were playing anybody and everybody. I know like a, a team like College of Idaho last year, I think they counted like nine division one games against the record. Um, just because they, they originally thought that they were going to have to have that 15 minimum. I think it's a 15 minimum uh, games to, to qualify for the national tournament. Um, you know, you had a lot of things going on last year that a lot of the, um, you know, you may not know a lot of these teams but or leagues, but uh, but some of these people that have not known how great of tradition uh, the Golden State Athletic Conference is, uh, you know, when it was one division, uh, they, they had four or five teams every year that would go down to Kansas City um, and, and usually make some noise. Um, you know, the Masters is one of those teams we talked about early on uh, that, that beat some of those D2s. They actually went to on the road and got a D, D2 win uh, um, this weekend. Um, you know, but but a team I'm going to bring up is William Jessup. I don't know if you've seen them mm-hmm. play yet. And, and uh, they, they are a team. That, now, they've knocked off Oregon Tech twice. They, they went on the road and, and knocked them off uh, this past weekend up in that classic um, – but if you have not seen them play, and this is going to be a very, very interesting, uh, the GSAC is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, and there's certainly going to be a, a bunch of young guys. I know I played with some guys that that area is loaded with, with some good junior college talent too. So we'll see. You know, obviously the freshmen are going to stand out, and that league is you nailed it. Just going to keep being competitive. I want to talk quickly about St. Francis in Fort Wayne, who just continues to roll right and spoiler alert they're number one this week in in the top 25 but they are so good they're so balanced um who who was the guy on the inside for them had a massive massive weekend david Ija um was the the bebo francis tournament mvp um and just was stuffing the statue he had two back-to-back double doubles um and then of course of course cushionberry kind of the straw that stirs the drink for them so They've been good, kind of like all the vet. It'll be interesting to see who can hang with them in the Crossroads League. Yeah, you know, I think the most important or most impressive part about St. Francis is that, uh, you, you know, we talk about it rightfully so. We talk about Anton uh, Cushenberry quite often, and uh, he's a heck of a player. Matter of fact, uh, I, I wouldn't say he had a, by a scoring measure, he didn't have a great uh, game out there. Uh, against Shawnee State, but he almost had a triple-double, you know? So right. that, yeah, that's yeah. the impact he has on the game is that, like, you know, he, he doesn't have to score to have an impact on the game, and, and it showed right there. And and then you got guys like uh, Dan McKeema, or McKeenum uh, or McKeeman and David Eja, and then even Jalen Mole uh, in the first game of the, the B.O. Francis, who all have stepped up around him and 
Um, yeah, so it takes a lot of the pressure. You know, like some of these teams out here across the, the NEI, you know, if, if one player has a bad day, you know, they're in a lot of trouble. And, and that's right. what uh, yep. makes St. Francis so good is that, uh, um, and, you know, and, and Shawnee State's better than what they performed too, but but St. Francis is just so deep and, and competitive and, and they obviously know how to win. And, and then they, when they caught fire, you know, they got down 9 nothing that game. I don't know if you watched it, but they got down yeah, 9 nothing, yep. And I was a little bit worried for them because I was like, I was like, ooh, they get, they got to stop this bleeding fast. Well, then they turn around yeah. and on their own run, and, and then they caught fire from three and uh, end up 15 of 26 from the three-point line. Um, and when, when you can do that, when you shoot 57% uh, from three, you're going to win a lot of games. Uh, uh, and, and that team just showed, you know, and, and again, I don't think Shawnee State's that bad. I I, hate, I don't think they're, you know, uh, right. whatever it was, right. 28, or 28 points or whatever it was, uh, uh, underdog to, to St. Francis. I think that the game's lot, it just got out of hand. Those games kind of hap, happen like that sometimes. And, uh, but that, that could be a game we see down the road again. Yeah, for sure. And you just look at these, these St. Francis. Yes, they, you know, they caught fire and got it done offensively, but looking at their schedule, they gave them 58, 69, 63, 78, which is a lot, but like early in the season, they're not giving up a ton of points. They're scoring a bunch. They gave up 59 against Rochester. Like, this is a team that can fill it up and also lock you up. You know, this this team is – I'll be interested to see kind of how this season shakes out. But I think right now St. Francis really kind of, like I said, is number one in the ranking, but they're going to be a tall task to beat. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's a, it's a very impressive uh, group right there. Speaking of an impressive group and, and actually heading back out west, uh, talking a little bit about the another GSAC team, uh, can't, can't uh, go without – uh, you know, not mentioning, uh, you know, Ottawa, University of Arizona. I know I mentioned a little bit at Brookfield earlier, but uh, going out and knocking off Denver, what's, what's most impressive about that is it's it's only their fifth year as a program. Yeah. So uh, Matt Keeley, I don't know if if, uh, if many of you have not heard about him or heard of him. Um, he's actually was a, one of the top assistants in NEI under Rocky Lamar at Mid-American Nazarene. Um, just a, a great dude. Um, I, I can't be happier for him. Uh, he ended up, uh, him and his program, uh, like I said, just in his fifth year, he built it from the ground up and now uh, go out and beat, get a Division One win uh, just in the fifth year. Um, that, that's a pretty impressive performance. And I know for him, you know, that's got to, and, and not just him, but, you know, everybody that started, uh, you know, the basketball program out there, just got to be a, a thrill to know, you know, kind of where you started now, you know, five years later, you're you're knocking off a Division One program. Right. Yeah. And you think about the game, they were up kind of, crazy big at half, right? The 15 point lead at half. And then Denver comes clawing all the way back. And, and this game obviously did not count for statistics, but for a team to hold on late when they could have easily just rolled over, like, Oh, this is a D one, you know, we did our job. We were up at, up at half, like, and they could have hung their hat on that. But for a team to grind it out and actually pull through the win when they're getting their best shot from a D one says a lot about a team. And that's something you can carry on with you as a, a unit, you know, you look back on this when it's the middle of January and you're in a tough league game and you think we've been here before just against a D one, you know? So that is something that you can really carry with you for a long time. Yeah. And you hit it right on the head there. It's a, uh, for them, it's one thing to be up 15. And I mentioned it, you know, you, at that point you can't get ahead of yourself because, you know, we've seen plenty of NEI programs that, that go at, into the half or, or, you know, whether even either have a lead or they're down two or three points. And then, you know, that division one team will, will go on a big run and, and put them away and win by 20, you know? Right. So, you know, it's one of those things where even up, even up 15, you can't get ahead of yourself. And, and I tried not to, even though I was, I was pretty excited um, for them. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, as, as the clock kept 
tucked tick down and Denver kept clawing back into it. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, eventually, and, hold and unfortunately, on, hold unfor- on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, you had to pay for it. So, all I'm getting is the stat updates, you know. So, I'm hitting refresh, 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 <laughs> trying to catch this game. Finally, the, the clock went to zeros. And uh, just big congrats to, to that program. It's a, it's a big time win, and, and I'm super excited for them. Uh, Joining us on the podcast today is Bethel, Kansas head coach Jason Ortaz. Coaches in his fourth season at the helm for the Threshers and is coming off of a season where he led his squad to the most wins in program history and also led the Threshers to the NEI round of 16 for the first time in school history. Those helped earn coach uh, both the Kansas or the KCAC Coach of the Year as well as Kansas Basketball Coaches Association four-year college coach of the year awards. Uh, Coach, I know you guys are a, a top ten program with new before the new rankings come out uh, here on Wednesday. Um, you've had a, had a very very successful last two years. Um, you're coming off a campaign where you were the KCAC Coach of the Year, um, and you have most of your players coming back. So at uh, currently at four and one, can you talk about a little bit of the pre the early season action you've been through? Sure. Uh, yeah, I think this year, this year is a little bit of an interesting time because when you say everybody's coming back. Uh, there's not as much teaching early on. So I think that was kind of a challenge for us. And I think, you know, um, trying to get, get everybody fired up. And so we wanted to really try to have a, a tough non-conference schedule. Um, you know, we hosted Park, uh, which was a tough game, played Columbia, you know, played OCU, uh, and then went down to MACU, which everybody knows MACU is always going to be a good program and it's a tough place to play. Um, Coach Gamblin does him down there, lost, lost one down there. And I think that actually helped kind of refocus us and, and lock us back in. And then we went to Mid-American Nazarene and, and uh, feel like we played a little bit more like us, I thought. I thought that was the first game this season where I kind of walked away saying, okay, that that felt like our team a little bit more. So um, still stuff to clean up for sure, but but I think we're on on the right track at least. Yeah, and, and you talked about uh, a little bit about it, but, uh, um, you know, what fun for, for a young coach like yourself. Uh, you know, you go up against Jason Klein, who's – one of the all-time wins leader uh, over there at Park. You know, you got Rocky Lamar at Mid-American Nazarene, um, at, who's currently number one um, on the wins list um, for, for active coaches. Um, and then you you said it, you know, you got another young coach uh, and Coach Gamlin down there that uh, has won a national championship. Um, well well done for you guys. I know that, uh, you, you, like you said, you did fall in that Mid-American Christian game um, in, in overtime. Uh, but that's no that's no easy task down there on the road either. And, and they were coming off a uh, win against LSU Shreveport, number six in the country. And uh, I'm I'm not afraid to admit we were wrong about them. You know, we, we were a little bit <laughs> tentative to figure out kind of uh, how good they were um, this year coming into the year. And, and they've proved it early. Uh, I know they had a had a little bit of a uh, blimp in their uh, schedule this this weekend when they lost. But uh, um, I, I would I'd be willing to bet uh, that's a top fifteen program on on Wednesday. Yep. I know you guys are getting into you're turning the corner and getting ready for for conference play. Um, but KCAC is always always very tough. Uh, you guys had two teams in the in the round of sixteen last year. Um, can you just talk about kind of what that experience was for you guys, and then uh, just how the, how good the league is? Uh, sure. I mean. Yeah, the success that we, we saw last year was was pretty pretty unbelievable, honestly. I think going into the season, we thought that we could be pretty good. Uh, then as the season kind of got going along, we started out, I mean, we started out one and three, uh, which people kind of forget when you look back at last season. And so we had to figure a lot of things out early on. And uh, once we got it figured out, our young guys kind of got going. 
Um, just the experience at the national tournament was something I will never forget. I mean, I even took a second. Uh, unfortunately, we got the Shawnee State draw at the Sweet 16, but but uh, uh, sat there starting lineups and just me and my staff kind of looked at each other like, man, can you believe like we made it to this point already? Like this is something we've got to like really try to enjoy a little bit. Um, and we talked about that with our players a lot too, but um, I think it was something that, that our, our players take a lot of pride in. I mean, that's something that Bethel College has never done in its history. Um, and so to be able to accomplish something that's never been accomplished is, is definitely a big, a big thing for our guys and a big source of pride. And so um, happy with how things went last year. I mean, I'm glad Oklahoma Wesleyan also had a really good run in the postseason because I think it's obviously good for your conference when, when those things go well. And um, looking ahead to this season, uh, man, I, the KCAC is better than I have ever seen it. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a legitimate – you know, darn near anybody could win it any night of the of the of the season. So you've got a tough, tough game every single night, which is just going to be, you know, the toughest teams are going to be the most successful teams, I think. And so you're looking at the top teams in the conference. You got Oak Wu, um, who brings back a ton of guys from last year, and they're 10 to 15 deep. Uh, you got Ottawa, who brings back a bunch of guys again. Kansas Wesleyan brought in some new players that are really good, and they return a bunch of really good players. Oh man, you got you got good players all over the place in the conference. McPherson has a great transfer coming in, and Ben Pyle. Um, I mean, I just think you could go down the list and talk about every single team in the conference. Southwestern, I mean, they they have loaded up uh, this year, and so they're they're going to be a team that's going to maybe surprise people nationally with how good they are. But um, the KCAC is absolutely loaded. I would put us up against a lot of the conferences in the country, and as far as especially depth wise, I just think that the top to bottom we're, we're a really good conference this year, and should be fun. I mean, every every day is a challenge, and and should be something every game you should be able to get up for. Yeah, and, and before we start talking about some of your individual players, I, th- I think one of the the unique uniqueness of of the KCAC, and I know there's some other other leagues across the country that that do the same thing, but just the gauntlet of of how many conference games you guys play is just, I mean, that just adds to the toughness. I mean, you can talk about the teams being tough as well, but just the schedule and how many conference games that have to get up each and every time out, uh, it, it adds to that toughest level of the, of the league. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, every single game has got to be basically a big game for you. You know, you don't have that break in the middle where it's like, okay, we've only got to play maybe, maybe half the teams in your conference twice. And, and you've got a single time the next time through. I mean, everybody's got a great scout on you. Everybody knows everything about you, and so then it just comes down to yeah, being being super tough and executing the stuff that you need to do to win. Yeah, and, and speaking of edu- or of executing, you talked about it a little bit earlier about having returners, and and I know you guys are so much more than Jalen Scott. I, I know with uh, Clifford Bird um, and guys like Brian Mokabe and uh, things like that. Like you, you guys have the have the balance, and you guys have the depth. But Jalen Scott, can you just talk about? I I tell you right now, towards towards the end of the year last year. Uh, and obviously he was the first team all American. So, so that makes sense too. But uh, I thought he was playing as good as anybody in the country. I mean, he was almost nearly averaging a triple double there for, th- for through the, the last three or four games, a uh, uh, couple of the last regular season games, and then into the, into the playoffs as well. But uh, um, can you just talk about uh, some of your turners and, and what they mean to you guys as individuals um, and then elaborate kind of on Jalen Scott and what it means as coach a guy like him? Sure. Uh, I mean, for us, I mean, everything does start with Jalen. Uh, I mean, he's our best player. He is, uh, like, a, like you said, a returning All-American. The, the amazing thing about Jalen is he is probably the most competitive human being I've ever been around. Um, and, and he is a guy that will defend. He wants to defend the best player. He wants the ball in his hands. 
Um, and he just doesn't seem to get tired. I mean, he wants, wants the pressure of trying to car- carry the team and all of those kinds of things. But then on the flip side of that, he's also one of the most unselfish people I've ever been around. I don't know if you saw our stat line against Mid-American Nazarene, but um, I believe he had zero shots attempted in the first half and seven assists. Um, and I just think there's not a lot of All-Americans that are willing to kind of, you know, share the basketball and do all of the kind of things that he does for us. He rebounds unbelievably well. He defends unbelievably well. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that he does really, really well that that allow everybody else to be great. And so having him on the floor is big. Clifford Bird uh, for our for our program does a lot of things. He's a phenomenal leader, um, first first and foremost. But the thing that is great about him is he is just one of the has some of the best instincts out there. I mean, defensively, he was one of the top two or three, I believe, last year in steals in the country. I, I would bet he is there again this year, um, not having looked too much at, at those stats. Um, but but he's a guy that – I mean, he's getting almost five steals a game right now, and it is things – I wish, you know, anybody else could take credit for it or say it's somebody else, but it's – I mean, he just has hands that, that are, that are you know, hard to, hard to coach and hard to replicate. He's everywhere on the court. Um, he's also quick and get downhill. He's really worked on his jump shot and become a better shooter, so – um, Cliff, Cliff has been kind of a staple for us ever since he's really kind of, you know, stepped into that, that starting role and all that kind of stuff early last year. So, uh, has, has improved a ton there. Then we have Bryant Mockaby. Um, he's a shooter for us, can really score the basketball, uh, has become better as a playmaker and, and is, is leaner this year is more athletic this year. Um, has been a really, really good defender for us, which, which, you know, people maybe coming into the season this year, maybe that would have been a little bit of a knock on him, but he's been really good defensively. Uh, and, and just, you know, bought into everybody, just team first. Like it is all about the team. He's never about himself. Uh, he, he just wants the team to win. He wants to do what he can to help. And having that attitude as a division one transfer, I think is, is, you know, not always the most common thing in the world. He's always about everybody else and, and, trying to trying to help people out and always brings energy every day. And then we have Adam Goro, who's our five man big time rim protector for us. He has been someone who's completely changed us defensively. Um, six, eight inside physical. Uh, when, when he's in the game, we are a completely different defensive team than when he is not. So i um, super excited about him. We have Tavon Flowers, who's a role player for us, but is, is basically a coach on the court. He does so many of those little things that maybe the normal person does not notice that, that allows us to win a lot of games. Um, and then last year in the conference tournament uh, against friends hit seven threes. And so, you know, he has the chance to, to be a really good player and score a bunch and, and all that stuff. Then off the bench, we've got some of our younger guys and um, Nick Bonner, Harper Jonas, you know, Jalen Todd, uh, we've got Jordan Neely. He's a really good shooter. And so depth wise for us, you know, we feel like we can put in five guys off the bench and, and not miss a beat, which is, which is huge. Yeah, I think I think one of the things we saw uh, pretty uh, consistently last year was that the in the in Kansas City, where those deeper teams were the ones that uh, advanced the furthest. So, um, do have a question for you? I know you, almost every single player uh, you talked about uh, individually was uh, you mentioned uh, their defensive uh, skill, and so uh, I know that we were just curious. You know, you, you guys are holding teams right now to 41.5 percent from the field um, and just 24.5 percent from three. You want to talk about your defensive philosophy? Sure. Uh, I, I wish I could take all the credit in the world for this. I, I really do. I wish I could sound like a genius coach, but that is probably as far from the truth as possible. But um, having Jalen Scott, who's an elite defender that can guard one through five, Clifford Bird is an elite defender, Adam Goro, great rim protector. 
Um, a lot of it is those guys. Now, now the big thing for us though is we are going to play hard, and that's that's just a non-negotiable. You know, we're going to get out, we're going to pressure. One of the things that annoys me is when when a team is just able just to move the ball around in the half court and throw it wherever they want to and try to run all their stuff. And so, for us, we just want to be a team that that you have to game plan for, and it's going to be hard to go up against us because we try to take you out of the things that you want to run. Um, and then, you know, if you're able to beat our guys one-on-one, then then we can kind of tip our hats to you at that point, which honestly, Mac, you kind of did that. They had a couple of guys that just went off against us and we didn't have any answers for them. But uh, for the most part, we just try to fly around and, and be a nuisance and, and, and all that stuff. You know, we've held teams to low shooting percentages, but one area that we struggled this year was rebounding. And so the first few games, that's where, you know, gave, gave some people some high point totals um, just because giving up some second chance points. Hopefully we got that cleaned up a little bit, but we just want to be the most physical team. Uh, anybody's going to play and we want to play harder than everybody else. And if we can do those things with, with how we play and, and, you know, trying, trying to have early help and all that kind of stuff, I think that's what makes a good defensive team. Well, and I, I've watched you guys enough over the last uh, year and a half that I can tell you right now that uh, you guys definitely play hard. That's a, uh... That is evident when we want when you uh, whenever you turn on a Bethel film, um, I'm sure that you will like to hear that because, uh, you know, as a coach, I know that uh, uh, when that's something you take pride in, uh, you know, have some have some blimps offensively like everybody else does. But you guys play so hard defensively and that's why you guys are able to turn people over and get easy buckets. And and that's why, uh, you know, you guys have been a top 10 team uh, or t- top 10 program to start the year. So, um, coach. I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I appreciate you spending some time with us. We wish you the best of luck uh, as you guys start getting ready to start up uh, KCAC action. Oh, but uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I, that is music to my ears, letting uh, you talking about how hard we play. So I, I will have to make sure to share that with my guys and make sure that they know that people are noticing those things too. So I, I appreciate you having us on and, and uh, definitely looking forward to hearing all the rest of you guys' podcast this year. Jason Artaz, uh, head coach of the Bethel Threshers. Um, he's done a great job uh, over at Bethel. And uh, I, I'm not lying to you. If, you. if you haven't watched them play, you need to get on and, and watch them play because uh, they really do play about as hard as anybody in the country, and, and they're a lot of fun to watch. Jalen Scott's one of the best players in the country. He is uh, going to be right there at the end of the year for, for uh, in the National Player of the Year uh, running. So looking forward to watching them the rest of the year and seeing – see what they can do, and see if they can repeat as uh, the KCAC champions. Moving forward, Pat, conference games are a different animal, and, and a Coach elaborated to a little bit on, on the interview, but uh, you're, you're getting to the point where everybody knows you, so there's really no easy games. Um, every game is usually a pretty good one in conference play. Yes, you have the, you know, sometimes you can get a, a bottom team uh, in the league to knock off a top team, but, um, you know, a lot of times it just comes down to, you know, the, the conferences are just everybody knows who you are. When it comes out of conference play, you know, you got to bring it every night. And uh, if you take a night off, that's when you get beat. Well, yeah, and that's exactly it. Like scouting almost in a way becomes easier at this point in the season because you've seen these teams time and time again. The style really doesn't change when you have so much consistency across the board with, with coaching styles or, or players. You know, there are obviously some new guys that come in and out. But, yeah, I'm always curious. Like I wonder if teams – maybe you might have some insight in this. Like, do they show everything in the non-conference games in the early season games and, and save a little bit for the league games? I, I've always wondered kind of, you know, keep some in your back pocket for when you work in the league play. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see, see coming that, up. 
Yeah, yeah, and and I want to say that uh, teams save anything, but uh, you know, as, as you're as you're building up uh, as the season goes on, you know, you're always building that platform, and while you have a long time before that first practice and in, in between the first practice and the first game, um, you're constantly adding in wrinkles, so you may not have counters right. plays in yet. You may just have certain plays in, and and that changes, you know, when you get to conference play and. Um, as, as you get more games underneath your belt, your team can handle more, especially if, if you have a younger team, you know, um, when you have a veteran group like Bethel does, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier to maybe add you know, your team that comes in is, is a, you know, maybe, you know, knocking on wood, somebody goes down or, 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 or you have a new piece that, you know, a freshman that, that steps up or something like that. And now you gotta, you gotta work them in and, and, uh, you're into your rotations or, or maybe you just want to play design and get them the ball, um, uh, you know, in a, in the scoring position. So, um, you're you're constantly adding to, adding the as the season goes on. I would say that most leagues, uh, if you've been coaching in the league for a long time, uh, your tendencies and your you know your coaching tendencies and your your plays, you know, unless you you've completely revamped your offense, um, mo- most coaches are going to know that and, and have you have you pretty well scouted. Um, it just comes down to execution, and and sometimes uh, you know sometimes you put too much on that execution word. Um, at the end of the day, it's the Johnnies and the Joes, but. Um, you know, you definitely have some, some coaches that uh, can go out there and win you some games as well. Right, yeah. Well, then that was like a holy cross. We just ran motion. We ran almost five-out motion. So it was like, well, there's nothing really to scout here. You just got to be able to know how to defend screens and how are you going to go under, are you going to go over, what are you going to do with it? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And the one I really have circled is as we look at the conference play and as teams move into their league schedule, on Friday night, Marion and Indiana Wesleyan face off in Indy. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, Marion is a top 15 team right now. Um, Wesleyan, of course, is strong as well. So I'm, I'm excited to see that two, you know, powerhouses of the last five years. So Seth Maxwell, of course, the big anchor on the inside for Wesleyan, how Marion is going to defend him. We'll see. But excited to yeah. see that one unfold. Yeah, I, I, you know, crossroad games are always fun to watch uh, anyway. But uh, yeah, when you when you have an early game that's uh, between two two uh, you know predominantly uh, power predominant powerhouses, uh, uh, that, that's always a must watch TV for for me. And I'll definitely have that game on. I'm sure. Um, you know, for me, there's there's several games uh, going on this week. But uh, um, th- there's a there's another league out there, uh, the Southern States Athletic Conference that, that continues very 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 good um we talked to Loyola head coach Cece Hollowell uh last week um you know they added Talladega in it's, it's gonna be very very good um we actually gonna have a Talladega uh versus game um and, and two another top 25 matchup on Saturday um it's gonna be Talladega's first game um and and the SSAC and uh just eager to kind of see how that goes uh They've been playing some some great basketball. I mean, I'm telling you right now that uh, Talladega may be. I, I think they're one of the most talented teams in the in the NEI um, already on paper. But then when you watch them play together, uh, they're starting to click already this early. Uh, you know, they 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 defend, they they get out and run. I mean, they're athletic. Uh, I'm I'm eager to see Talladega in their first uh, athletic conference game. Um, just to kind of see, you know, like we talked about, conference conference games are a little bit different. This is a unique situation where Talladega is actually switching leagues and going from uh, they're going into the Southern States uh, Athletic Conference this year. So just uh, eager to see two teams, uh, two top twenty-five teams. Um, Stillman actually was in the round of sixteen last year, made it all the way to, to Kansas City, and uh, Talladega fell a little short. But uh, 
Um, they've reloaded this year, and, and uh, they got a, pot- a couple potential All-American candidates, but they're they're so deep and so good. I'm, I'm very interested in seeing that game this week. Yeah, and another team that, that I'm interested in seeing out of the CCAC, I'll, I'll tweet the eyeball emojis, Adam, is Trinity Christian. So Trinity Christian is five and one. They have, I think he's in his first year as a head coach um, at Trinity Christian, and they, they've scored a ton of points. And as they enter into league play, they play they've already played a couple, but they play St. Francis out of Illinois um, on Monday, tomorrow, or today, if you're listening to this. Um, and St. Francis is usually kind of a, a top six, top eight finisher in the league. So that'll be a good um, test for them early in the week. So I'm excited to see if they can kind of keep things rolling. Um, another team I'm interested in seeing how they play out is Grace. Grace has been receiving votes. They've been playing really, really well at the start of the season. Um, I'll be interested to see how they compete once league play starts. Yeah, just to just circle back, uh, I'll start with Grace. You know, they I know that talking to some of the people that we talk to with our top 25 and things like that, uh, they may find themselves in the top 25 on Wednesday. Um, and, and I would not be shocked. We, we have them at 26 right now. Um, it was so hard to leave out. I, it, I can't express enough when, when you look at our, our uh, top 25 rankings. Uh, and I love, I love the Raiders, you know, they, they have such a tough job because 16, 17, 18, all the way through about 30, 35, yeah, you know, those right. teams yeah. tough to place because, we really do. I think, and I think we talked a little bit about last week, but those, uh, the NEI is as deep as it, as it's been, you know, and a lot of it's, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the one year of extra eligibility and, and people returning and it's just made for, you know, some of the teams that we maybe thought last year or the year before, before the ruling uh, came out that, you know, they were going to graduate a lot of kids and, and, uh, then we were trying to, trying to be eager to see what they were going to be like. Well, those kids end up coming back for another year. So now you you have those kids back. Then you have these freshmen that are starting to make names for themselves as well. Um, it's just made for right. some really, really good teams. Yeah, and pair and that Grace turn it into one division. Yeah, yeah, one division. And Grace is one of those teams. That it's really hard. To, it was really hard for us to leave out of the top 25. Um, I, I believe they'll find them weight themselves in eventually. They, they keep playing well. Um, it really just came down to just kind of matching up schedules, you know, and, and some people having some better wins and, and that's just us. Uh, I, I would not be shocked at one bit if they uh, crack the top 25, the official top 25 uh, on, on Wednesday, but um, you know, and then circle back again, uh, you, you talked about Trinity Christian a little bit and you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to CCAC player of the year, but he, he, he's definitely close. I mean, he's going to be knocking on the door a little bit and that's James Pennington. And, um, you know, he, he's a kid that he, he's so efficient right now. I mean, it, you know, if you look at his numbers, uh, shooting 57% from the field, um, averaging almost 20 points per game, but he's kind of the engine that, that makes this Trinity Christian trolls team go. Um, I, you know, they're a team that I'm a little early this year, you know, they, they played St. Francis, who's obviously going to be number one in the country uh, on Wednesday. Um, they, they lost that game by, by 40 points. And, and it's a, it, it's a team, you know, I know that they're sitting at five and one right now, but uh, you know, that was one of those games where, okay, yes, that they're, they're, they're going to be good, but how good are they right now? You know? And that right. was that, yeah. that chance, that opportunity to, to kind of make, make a statement a little bit. And, and they, not that that game's going to make or break their season. I, I don't want to, to say that at all, but, 
but uh, yeah, they, you know, they're a team that has a talent and I think that they're going to be good, you know, this year. Um, it's just kind of about them making that, taking that next step now and uh, watching them bounce back. Uh, then they turn around, you know, and, and uh, one uh, beat Trinity international uh, by 20, the next, you know, the next game and uh, won three in a row since then. So, you know, they bounce back from that loss pretty well. Um, they just need to continue to carry that momentum and, and they may have a, have something to say in the CCAC before it's done. Yeah. And, yeah, it's so early, kind of like you were saying with the rankings. It's like there's 30 teams that could be – maybe even 40 teams that could be ranked in the top 25 right now based on record and, and kind of schedule. So it'll be interesting these next few weeks. Are, are gonna, we'll, go, we'll learn a lot about a lot of teams in the next two, three weeks um, as we enter into conference play. So I think obviously Trinity Christian will be one of those teams. I'd be interested to get a CCAC coach based out of Chicago on this podcast and just kind of hear – how they recruit there's so many teams in that chicago area i mean eight to ten teams and how does a kid determine which school to go to so I, i'm interested to learn that um i've always been kind of intrigued how do you decide the schools are also similar the facilities are also similar so maybe down the road we'll get into that yeah and, and that's something we can definitely add to the to the podcast but you know and then you talk about not just the local schools but but everybody else that's uh you know out there right. uh, yeah, yeah you know trying to poach because Chicago is such a such a hotbed of talent you know and, right. and uh, you see good Chicago players all around the country uh, um you know at every level so uh yeah it's, it's a good good point on on that one because yeah where where do you even begin you know and and, and uh, right. you know yeah. trying to trying to figure out where to start for for such a you know because so much talent out there um, yeah. Yeah, so just jumping in, you know, conference play, we talk, we keep talking about how good uh, the matchups are, and uh, the Sooner Athletic Conference is going to get going this week as well. And on Saturday, uh, we're, we're going to have a big-time matchup um, as uh, number three, Sagu, who, uh, you know, I I thought was preseason favorites, uh, but they, they dropped a game. Um, so we'll see where they, they end up on Wednesday. Uh, they'll stay in the rankings, but it'll be interesting to see where they're at. They start off number three in the country. Uh, they're going to travel to number 15 uh, science and arts of Oklahoma. Uh, that'll be a heck of a match. But I can't tell you that USAO, you know, uh, they're so well coached and, and have, uh, you know, players that have been there for three, four years. And, and that that's a veteran club that uh, that'll be there. And then you got the Sagu who's, who's one of those teams on paper that, you know, they have two first team All-Americans and a third team All-American all on the same team uh, back playing for them this year. Uh, that'll be a, a heavyweight bout uh, out in the Sooner Athletic Conference this week. You know, there's several games. It's obviously going to be that that point of year where, where there's going to be so many games we could talk about each and every week. Uh, but those are some of the the good ones to look forward to this week. Um, you know, always pay attention to uh, you know our website as we do our we release our schedule every year. Or sorry, we we release our schedule every week uh, with the links to watch every game. Um, and then we always add in a, a few games to you know games of the day for people to watch as well. And um, you know, we do that for people that maybe don't know much about the NEI. We, we, we have such a range of followers, you know, from, from the people that, you know, talk any, they've followed NEI hoops forever. Um, the, the, the big time fans that just, uh, maybe don't have any, any, uh, you know, sons or daughters playing at this level anymore, but just are diehards, um, all the way to the people that just don't know much about the NEI. And, and so we try to, we try to, you know, play to everybody um and and with pete with this being the the real first year of of uh you know one division i know we had one division last year but with everybody playing this year um you know there's some teams that people aren't familiar with and, and it's just trying to get people um you know especially outside the top 25 you know we'll always have our top 25 games 
uh, highlighted. Um, but there's so many games and so many good teams outside of the top 25 um, that, that we try to highlight a lot of those teams as well because uh, you don't want to miss out, especially if there's you know a game in your area. Maybe you can you can go watch. Um, you know, if you're if it's an hour or two hours drive, I really encourage people to go watch games because you know you and I watch enough basketball and, and you played um, uh, at this level and we know how great it is, but. Um, you know, if you really are, are questioning, you know, or want to know more about it, I, I think the best way to go do it is just to go physically watch a game. And, and not every NEI basketball game is a great game. I mean, not every team is a great team. I mean, we definitely, you know, Division One the same way. You know, they, they have some teams that are that are really bad that uh, and some leagues that are really bad. And, and unfortunately, that's just part of it. But, you know, if you go watch the good games uh, around the NEI, I think you'll leave uh, – just knowing that, that how great of a level this actually is. Right. Yeah. And I think especially now as you enter into conference play one, there's going to be, like you said it, so many good games. There's going to be so many good games that come down to the wire that might be between the, the seventh and eighth seeded team in the conference, but those are games that are going to be great. They're going to be great to watch. And if you have a chance to just go see one of those games, I a hundred percent agree go see it. it. It'll be well worth your time. And also yes. just on this podcast in general, like we'll try to hit as many games as we can. We'll try to point out as many things as we can, as we can but we might miss a game. You know, we're human, but we'll do our best to make sure we highlight all of the best games. So I'm yeah. excited to get into conference play. It's always exciting. Everybody's going to give their best shot to everybody. So this is, this is truly the best time of the year. Oh yeah, for sure. And the, and the games matter. I mean, like not that the games don't matter, anyway, right? Yeah. But the games matter because, you know, not every league. I, I don't know. We, we've, well, yeah, it's make, the CCAC maybe, is like a fifteen or sixteen team lead. Every team doesn't make the conference tournament. Yep, and that's what I, that's where I was going with this. Is that uh, you know maybe maybe people on the podcast that are listening. Maybe everybody doesn't understand that. You know, some leagues, some leagues, yeah. You know, they may be a smaller league, and, and everybody makes the tournament, but. Uh, you know, you could drop a game and, and if you're in the middle of the league and, you know, if you're if you're a 15, 16 team league and only eight teams make it in into the conference tournament, um, you know, you, you got to be very careful on, on, on losing right. games because yeah. uh, you drop drop one you shouldn't. And, and that make you know, you may have to go and beat a top 10 team in the country just to yeah. go, you know, just to make the conference tournament. So, you know, these games matter so much more. Uh, and just a lot of different areas or different aspects of, of, of the meaning. Uh, it just so much, it makes, it makes the game so much better. Usually the environments of the gyms are so much better, you know, just everything is escalated and, and that's what makes this time of year uh, so much, so much fun. Well, Pat, there was a, there was history made this weekend and I'm going to let you take it away because this is something that, you know, we saved the best for last. So go ahead and, and uh, talk about it. Yeah, certainly a monumental moment, not only in NAI, but truly kind of in sports in general. Sarah Gaylor of Brescia, which is, I think, in Kentucky, became the first woman head coach to win a game as the head coach of a men's program. So truly, truly a monumental moment for men's basketball. So congratulations to her. Congratulations to Brescia. Just an awesome moment. Um, excited to see where that program goes. Yeah, she's uh... – a. She she's very very well respected across the country. You know she's uh she's got a lot of Division One ties from her time uh you know helping out with them, and then she's got she's worked in the NBA too. So, um you know just awesome stuff. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it really awesome, awesome stuff. I'm glad that they gave her a chance. I, yeah, yeah. You, you know I know that's not the the you know best job or easiest job in the world, but you know you something like someone like her can you know just just giving her a chance uh can turn a program around and 
And uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm with you. I'm eager to see what she can do there. Um, huge congratulations on, on, on the first, uh, first win, not just because of, of the history and all that, but just her personally, you know, like we, we've had a lot of coaches hit milestones this week and uh, uh, this weekend, you know, whether it be their first win or uh, we had coaches with their 250th win. And, uh, and, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm sure she'll remember this forever. I, you know, we're, we're bringing attention to it and, and, and because of the history that was made too, but just for her personally, it's gotta be an awesome feeling, um, you know, being, being, just getting your first win uh, out of the way. And it was a road game, um, you know, and huge congratulations to Sarah, uh, coach Gaylor. That that's a, that's a big time uh, accomplishment and, and we wish her the best of luck the rest of the year. Well, Pat, we're uh, winding down uh, episode two. Uh, you know, as always, uh, you know, we, uh, we gave you plenty of games to watch this week. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier, make sure you stay uh, in tune with the website. Uh, we'll always give you some articles there. We have some other stuff coming out this week, um, including uh, we're going to start bringing in uh, a separate article. We used to do a, a five players to watch segment on, on our schedule uh, page, but uh, the format was was crunching up and it was it was not looking good. So we took it out of that article, uh, but we're going to p- start posting it uh, as a separate article this week. So, um, I know a lot of people like that that uh, that segment. Um, so I hope that uh, you know. I'm sorry you have to click on another article of, of ours, but uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's a it's, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's one of those things that a lot of people like, and uh, and I know a lot of people have been asking about it. Um, it is something that we wanted to bring back. We just weren't sure how, and I think we got the format figured out on how uh, we can bring it to people. Um, and we also want to add in some of the women's players as well. You know, we, we've added, we've upped our women's coverage uh, for this year. And um, while we're not perfect by any means on, on the men's side or women's side, but, but while we're not perfect, uh, you know, we're, we're growing um, and, and uh, we're more than happy to bring the, the women's coverage. And, and uh, it's been so fun watching some of these even big time women's games uh, going on. And uh, maybe down the road, we can uh, add in a women's podcast as well. But uh, for now, uh, we're doing this one. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening and uh, until next time, this is junior and Pat signing off.